Yo, 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 JC in the house. Let's introduce my boys. Check it. The Ghost Adventures crew, led by Honky Zack Bacon. Then there's Aaron Goody, Hilarious and Raven. Billy Tally is fierce. Jay a little cutie. Stick him in a crawl space to catch some ghost booty. I miss him, Nick Groff, part of the OG crew, but he ghosted on the bunch. Let's start him something new. So tuck yourself in for a spooky little pod. I'm your host, Lynn, to give my boys a nod. Pump up the spirit box. Obviously. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to I Love Ghost Adventures, the podcast. I am your host, Lynn, and this is the podcast where I talk about how much I love the show Ghost Adventures, and then recap all the fun and evidence and wackiness. You got it. You know what I'm saying. So this is episode 64 of the podcast, and we're going to be talking about Season 25, Episode 12 of Ghost Adventures. And this episode is called L.A. Police Station Investigation. And it obviously takes place in Los Angeles, California. And we're at the L.A. Police Museum. So they're there because apparently something dark is terrifying the employees. So they first talk to a guy named Ryan Cassidy. And he is the head of archives and exhibits at the museum. And he says they've got, they've got tons of true crime artifacts. Like it's not just like here's a uniform and here's an old billy club and, you know, here's a badge from the 1920s, you know, whatever. It's actually like true crime artifacts from actual crimes and events that happened in L.A., which a lot happened in L.A. Artifacts from Charles Manson. Like the Manson clan was in L.A. They have the gun that was used by Patty Hearst, right? I mean, all sorts of crazy stuff that could potentially have a lot of negative energy attached to it. So between 1925 and 1980, this was an actual working police station. So there were people in and out of the station all the time. There were criminals in and out. There were probably lots of people upset about parking tickets, speeding tickets, maybe people who lost someone and wanted to report someone missing or they lost their dog or something. So there's lots of energy. There's lots of emotion and energy in this building. So now it is a museum. So one of the famed galleries in the museum that is said to be haunted is the North Hollywood shootout. So it's a whole gallery devoted to this incident that happened where these two guys robbed this bank, had everybody get down on the ground. They had these big guns and then they had like a standoff with the police and it was like this big shootout. And one of the criminals was shot in the legs and then bled out on the street. And the other criminal was kind of cornered and he ended up killing himself. So it was very violent, very scary, lots of negative emotion. So in this gallery, they have two mannequins behind glass and they are wearing what those two criminals wore on that day, including their black ski masks that they were wearing and holding their guns. I mean, they look pretty scary. I mean, even though they're just mannequins, but you know, anybody with a ski mask looks pretty terrifying anyway. So yeah, these guys are in a display 
in this museum. So Zach goes in there. Ryan goes to take him in this exhibit. And as they walk up the stairs, they you see this light flickering on the ceiling. No one acknowledges it. I mean, Zach looks up at it like, what the heck? There's a light flickering. But then no one says anything about it. So I don't know if they just have poor wiring in that building and that's just a common occurrence or if that was something paranormal. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting that that just happened while Zach walks walks in. The light on the ceiling starts flickering. All right, so they go into the gallery itself and Zach is already overwhelmed by aggressive energy, right? And he's just not feeling well. He's feeling these aggressive thoughts. He's feeling these aggressive things. And they're looking at these robbers with the, with their outfits, their outfits, their clothing, and the ski mask that they were wearing during the crime. So Ryan, the guy who was the head of archives, says that he feels like the mannequins are watching him as he leaves the room. After he's like crossed the threshold, he feels like they're still watching him. Like he can, like their eyes are following him. And he said it was like super unsettling. And he said that they let you know that they're there. So there is some sort of aggressive energy or something attached to these mannequins that want to get your attention. So there is someone named Misha Walden, who is an administrative assistant. And she says that she has actually seen shadows come out of the display case and surround them when they've like been on a tour, been standing there, which is terrifying right? These shadows come out of the mannequins, out of the glass, out of the display, and surround the people. So Zach is standing there looking at these mannequins. And all of a sudden, he feels like he's super hot, like his head is hot, everything's hot, but his legs are super cold. And Aaron is shooting him with the SLS camera as he's standing there talking to people. And he gets an SLS figure right behind Zach, and the figure looks like it's pounding Zach in the head and in the back. I mean, it's crazy. You know I love the SLS figures. This one's amazing. It shows up right behind him, and you can see, you know, Zach mapped it and everything, and here's a little guy behind him pounding him on the head. And it was funny because Ryan himself has said that he gets headaches when he's in there, but he that's not normal for him. He doesn't usually, he's not like a headache guy, not like a guy who's always getting headaches. But when he comes in there, he gets headaches. So I wonder if that little, uh, that SLS figure is pounding him on the head too, causing his headaches. So one of the interesting facts is that Zach was standing next to the robber who was dressed like who was shot in the legs. So Zach felt his legs go cold. So could that be a meal wanting Zach to feel what he felt as he lie there dying, losing blood out of his legs, getting cold? We don't know, but that's pretty compelling. So After they leave, like they were all talking in front of this case and everything. After they leave, the security camera catches a dark figure, like walk through the scene, like right where they were. Like this dark, I mean, usually I have trouble seeing shadow figures on these, on the 
cameras on the TV or on my computer, I guess, I have trouble seeing the shadows. This one was clear as day. A man-sized shadow goes walking through the scene. It was incredible. I have goosebumps just talking about it right now. I mean, it was totally a shadow person just walk through. I mean, crazy, crazy. I was like, what? I see it. I see it. It's always exciting when you see it. <laughs> okay. So then they talked to this woman named Cynthia, who is also an administrative assistant. She does not want her face to be shown. So they do not show her face. She talks about how when she goes upstairs and to lock up and stuff, she when she's going down the stairs, she always feels like someone's going to push her down the stairs. Like she feels like this aggressive energy maybe following her. So that is terrifying. And then they talk to a woman named Lori Grotto, who is a volunteer. And she says that after the museum is closed, she sees a dark shadow out of the corner of her eye. And she has seen a man walking by, like out of the corner of her eye. And she was like, oh my God, I thought the museum was empty. And she asks the other volunteer or someone else who worked there, is the museum empty? And they're like, yeah, totally. So she sees like this man in the shadow like walk by her when she closes up at night. Spooky. Okay, so then they go to another exhibit in the museum. And this one they call the onion field murder or something. Something about an onion field. But this is from an event that happened on March 9th, 1963 when two police officers pulled over a man in the car and they, the police officers were then kidnapped, right? And one of the officers was executed in an onion field, which is why they call it the onion field murder or whatever it is. So that was pretty horrible. So again, more violence, more negativity in these artifacts that are displayed here at the museum. They have the, oh, the murderer, the guy who shot the police officer in the head, execution style, said that all he wanted to do was kill. And that if they let him out of jail, he would just kill again. So there you go. He's a murderer. So they had like his jacket and the gun that killed the cop on display in the museum. All right, then they go down to where there are jail cells. Because remember, this was a working police station. So they had, you know, holding cells for people to be processed before, you know, going to jail, going to court, whatever. And they showed the jail cell of a man named Manny Patso. And apparently he had hanged himself in that cell in 1953. And Manny was in there. He was arrested for molesting a 15-year-old girl. So, I mean, it says he was arrested for molesting a 15-year-old girl. It didn't say that he was tried and convicted of molesting a 15-year-old girl. So we don't even know if he actually did it, if this is the right man. But apparently he could not take being accused of such a thing. You know, sometimes it's cultural. Like if you can't, if you're accused of something, like that crime is so heinous, you can't live with yourself, right? So he has, he completed suicide by hanging himself in that cell, which is tragic, right? The um, Cynthia, who was 
Cynthia, who was the administrative assistant who did not want her face shown, she said that she was on a tour with this like big Hispanic family and the little Hispanic boy said he would not come into the room with the cell. So children, more intuitive, more open to ghosts and things. Did he see Manny or some other spirit in this room and he was frightened? We don't know, but it's just a bizarre fact. Okay. So Zach says at this museum, they also have items that are not on display to the public, but they're like, you know, hidden behind and storage and stuff like that. Some really delicate stuff, really terrible things, right? And as he's talking about it, he feels like he gets stung on his neck, right? And And then all of a sudden there's like this red mark on his neck. And Jay being the observant person he is, says, hey, isn't it weird that all of a sudden you have this pain on your neck as you're standing right outside Manny Pazzo's jail cell where he hanged himself. And Zach, (laughs) you should have seen Zach's eyes got super big. Like it was, it was kind of funny. It was like, boing, his eyes were like super big. Um, Because he was like, holy cats, that's crazy. Could this be the spirit of Manny Pazzo kind of showing me how it felt, how the pain in the neck, pain in the neck. So then there is a part of this police museum that is an old shooting range. And there's all sorts of boxes like rows and rows of shelving and boxes. They must store a lot of files and maybe other evidence and things like that along this hallway that leads to the shooting range. So apparently there was a female who was a telephone operator back in the day in 1934 when they had telephone operators. And she came to the shooting range. She took a 45 caliber police revolver out of a police locker. Now, how she got into a police locker and took this gun, I am not sure. It seems like, you know, the gun's locked up for a reason and that would be hard to do, but apparently not in 1934. So maybe the lock on a gun locker was like a piece of wax. I don't know. But anyway, she got the gun out of the locker and she shot herself in the firing range. So more negativity, more negative energy, more violence, right? So then they are walking down this hallway where there's all these boxes and they feel the temperature changes. And one of the museum employees says that she doesn't want to go any further. She, she's like, I, I don't, I'm not going to walk any further. I don't ever walk past this box. Like, I don't feel like the, I don't have a good feeling about this, right? So I always stop here and I do not want to go any further. So Zach is going into this room with the boxes. Oh, wait. So now Zach is going to see some evidence that's not on public display. So it goes into this room and they're not allowed to shoot it with the camera. So they kind of shoot like down on the floor, kind of show like, you know, Billy's back, you know, they show bits and pieces, but not what the real evidence is. So Zach is in there and he opens a box and there in the box is the rope 
that was around Sharon Tate's neck, one of Charles Manson's victims. And it was the actual rope that was around Sharon Tate's neck. So Zach was like, I can't believe I'm holding this right now. This is like so powerful. So he had a moment, you know. So as Zach is holding this rope, he says he feels this heaviness and he just can't believe it. And this woman who was showing him the stuff says that she believes that Sharon Tate's spirit has been there before. Like they've sensed it, they've heard it. I don't know. But she said Sharon Tate has visited her spirit. Her spirit has visited. Okay, all that awesome stuff happened. But now we're starting the lockdown. I mean, that was just the pre stuff. That was just the interviews. That was just the walkthrough. That was amazing already. So cool. Okay, so lockdown. Zach is using the thermal gun. And he's like, how appropriate. We're using a thermal gun in a police station. You know, he's like aiming it like he's shooting a gun. So he's like, I'm going to catch a criminal with this thermal gun. Because like he's trying to catch the spirit of criminals. So yeah, he's catching a criminal with that gun. Billy has the XLS camera. And they decide to go to the second floor where that North Hollywood shootout exhibit is. So they're going up there and Zach is starting to provoke the criminals. He gets to the top of the stairs. He's like, you know, come on out. What are you chicken? No, he doesn't say that. But you know, he starts to provoke the criminals. So they go into that North Hollywood shootout room with those mannequins, those creepy ass mannequin mannequins. And Zach puts his hand on the glass and he starts talking to the mannequins, you know, trying to get them to communicate, get them to move, get them to do something. And then they all hear this noise, like a bang or something. And it is, it sounds like either a bang or something moving. Like it sounded to me kind of almost like something heavy shifting, like moving. And it was below them. And that sound was caught on the X camera that was down there. So that was pretty cool. It was really loud because they heard it on the second floor. So, of course, they got to go investigate what was that noise. And they don't find any. They don't find anything. So they go back. So Zach is reviewing his digital recorder from his session when he was, you know, trying to make communication with the two criminals. And all of a sudden he's standing there listening to it and he jumps and kind of you know, steps away really fast. And he said it felt like somebody touched the back of his neck with like two fingers. And he said it wasn't like a claw or a scratch or anything like that. He said it like felt like two human fleshy fingers, like rub against his neck. Creepy. And, you know, Zach's even trying to like debunk it. He's like, nobody was around me. He's like, did you see a moth or something like hit my neck? And Billy's like, no, I was filming you the whole time. There was nothing there. And Billy says that when that happened, he heard like a step right before Zach got touched. I don't know if it was caught on the audio because I didn't hear that step and they didn't, they didn't replay it. So I don't think it was caught on the audio. Okay. So now Zach goes back into the room with the mannequins and Billy is shooting with the XLS as Zach is at the display. So Zach's standing outside the display case and, you know, he maps in at the XLS. You see his skeleton, his stick figure. And then all of a sudden, one of the mannequins maps in. Like it was not mapping in. Neither of them were mapping in before. 
And it maps in and you're like, okay, well maybe it's just thinking this is a person, it's mapping in. Then all of a sudden it raises its hand. So like it is, it's not just the mannequin. This stick figure starts raising its hand and it looks like it's hitting the glass with his hand. Super freaky, right? Goosebump-a-rama. Then all of a sudden, both of the mannequins are mapping in. And the one starts looking like he's climbing up the glass and he's reaching towards Zach. And it's like so amazing, these stick figures moving around because, you know, they were just mannequins. But now whatever is attached to them is visible with the SLS or the XLS, which is why I love it so much. And now the ma- the mannequins, like they stretch out their arms, right? And it looks like they're popping out through the display. They stretch out their arms and then their feet. And then it looks like they like step right out of the display case, like step right out of there. And then weirdly they disappear. Like they're like, I we're free, let's go. You know, I don't know, but they disappeared. But that was nuts, right? That was so cool. And then for some reason, the XLS is not mapping anyone anymore. Like even Zach doesn't have a skeleton, doesn't have a a stick figure. So that's really strange. So why? Why is that happening? We don't know. Now Aaron starts to feel weird. Then all of a sudden he feels something really cold. So he starts using the polter pod, but he doesn't get any voices. But he starts getting super affected. And he said he feels like he looked into the souls of the robbers. And then all of a sudden he felt like he also felt like a pounding sound, like a boom, 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 boom. Because earlier Zach had mentioned in his ear, it sounded like a little pounding, like someone testing a microphone, like, like that in his ear. So now... Aaron is feeling that. He said it sounds just like that. And he starts to get super emotional. So Aaron starts yelling at the mannequins or someone. He's like, do something, move something. If you're so powerful, move something in this room. And then Aaron feels, he feels something and he jumps up. So Aaron thought that maybe they may be, they may be provoking him because he's wearing a tactical vest. If you've seen them on investigation, you see that Aaron wears like a tactical vest to carry all his stuff in there. Like I think he's got extra batteries and a recorder and all sorts of like pieces of equipment in a tactical vest. So he thinks that because he's wearing this tactical vest that these criminals might think that he's a police officer and they think that he's the enemy says Billy. Like maybe you're, they think you're the enemy. So they're trying to F with you, right? So all of a sudden, there is a very, very loud bang from downstairs by the jail cells. I mean, it was loud. And it's caught on the X camera down there. So Billy and Aaron go to investigate the jail cells. And Billy feels like somebody or something grabs his pants and jerks on it. He's like, what the heck? And then Aaron's using the polter pod and the polter pod says, it's here. Like the response was, response was to, you know, who's here or, so it says it's here. And then he asks, 
what do you want to use us for? Or what do you want to do with us? Or something like that. And the voice on the polder pod says, injure. Yikes. Injure. That's not cool. Then the voice says, lay down. Like a criminal might have said to one of the hostages, right? Like lay down on the ground because you saw like pictures of them in the bank and the hostages are on the ground. Or it could be a police officer telling a criminal to lay down, right? After they're caught. Because the next thing the polder pod says is put them in cuffs, right? So that sounds like a cop, like something a cop, cop would say. Unless, of course, the criminals themselves have cuffs. That's, you know, not too far-fetched. Some of them may have access to cuffs and, you know, say, put them in cuffs. These days, I guess they use a lot of zip ties. I don't know. Okay. Do-do-do-do. So when it says put them in cuffs, Billy is lying on the floor after the voice had said, lay down or on the ground or whatever it said. So then they asked, what is your name? And a name comes through, Woody, it says. So that's all pretty amazing. So now Jay and Aaron are in the jail cell area trying to communicate using the digital recorder. So it's really quiet. So they're using the digital recorder. Jay asks, what's your name? And he says, if you want out of here, bang on the jail cell. And then all of a sudden they hear a sound like a hitting sound on one of the other cells. So that was pretty cool. So they were in the jail cell of Manny at that time. Billy and Zach are upstairs still trying to talk to the spirits. And Aaron now downstairs in the jail cell has his spirit box. And he's using the spirit box. And a voice says, hung. After Aaron asks, what did you do right here? What happened? And the voice says, hung chills creepy because that the jail cell where Manny hanged himself Aaron asks why did you do that and suddenly there were two big bangs that happened like it's not I don't know where it came from it almost felt like it came from behind the camera it was like but they were because they were really loud it was like bang bang and Aaron freaks out and he starts running back and forth you know very scooby-doo style and poor jay is getting mixed up in it he's like like aaron's mowing over jay and jay's twisting around and in this process you can see that jay ouch gets his back hit on one of the pieces of the jail cell you know the, the part that sticks out that sticks out for like meal trays to be slid through yeah, you can see it happen. And Jay is in excruciating pain because you can actually see how the piece of metal like rips his jacket and his shirt like right through. So Jay's in incredible pain and he's like down on the ground and Zach's like, what the heck happened? And Aaron's like, Jay's really hurt. Jay's really hurt. And so Zach you know, pulls up Jay's shirt and he sees like this big red gash along his back and he sees how his clothes are torn so they you know review the evidence and see how he banged his back and but that was awful that was looked really really painful and poor Jay seems to get a lot of the physical 
abuse. You know, he's like falling downstairs, falling down holes, like a lot of physically painful things happen to Jay. I feel so bad for him. But um, yeah, because this looked nasty. This looked terrible. I am curious about the tattoos on Jay's back because I was trying to like get a sense of what they are. So I'd like to know what those tattoos are. They look like they were kind of cool. Oh no. So a picture of the tattoos, please, Jay. Thank you. So Zach is like, okay, Jay and Aaron, you just go to Nerve and just chill out, right? You guys need to take a break. So Billy and Zach go down into the basement. Like they had not been in the basement yet. And Billy's got this boom mic, so which is shooting in front of him. It's like a big boom mic that, sh- which is shooting out in front of him as he walks. So he's trying not to contaminate the noise because he's behind it. And so Zach also doesn't want to contaminate the noise. So he's way behind Billy. He's like giving him some room so he can walk first and hear what's going on in the boom mic. So they go down to the basement which is where the shooting range is, and the woman shot herself. All of a sudden, they hear these footsteps. And I thought at first, because it sounded like someone like kind of jogging, not like really running, like not like dun, 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 but kind of like a thump, 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 like a almost like galloping, like someone, you know, when you injure your leg or something and you're kind of half galloping, half jogging. That's kind of what it sounded like to me. But I thought it was, Zach because I knew Zach was behind Billy but no it was not it was not so they Billy's like was that you and Zach was like no I'm back here I was not moving and those were pretty loud footsteps pretty cool so then they're using the boom mic and they hear what sounds like a growl or to me it almost sounded like it could be like something heavy sliding like a or it could be a I don't know it was either way either way not a fun sound you probably want to stay away from it either something really heavy is shifting or there's something that growls so yeah so so that is the end of the evidence of this episode which was pretty amazing I mean and I think it's pretty clear that this place is haunted and that there are lots, lots of spirits attached to the things that are on display there. Like we said at the beginning, there's so much energy there. Lots of violence, a history of emotion, maybe good, maybe bad. Lots of lots of scared people in and out of there. You know, imagine being thrown into a jail cell. How scary would that be? Especially if you didn't do anything, right? And we know how people get falsely accused of things all the time. So being wrongfully thrown into a jail cell is probably one of the most terrifying and traumatic things a person could go through, right? Because you're like, I didn't do anything. And now I'm here. All my rights have been taken away. So you know, scary. So yeah, that place is amazing. Okay, so that was it. It was great. Um, We had XLS or SLS evidence, even before the lockdown happened. And then after the lockdown happened, amazing, the two mannequins, the the spirits came out of the mannequins. Like, so amazing, so cool, super duper. We saw that shadow figure. We heard lots of bangs and taps and footsteps and all sorts of noises. Um, we had all those voices through the polter pod. And even through the spirit box. 
So really cool stuff. Lots of really amazing evidence. And of course, you know, all the different sensations the guys feel, which because their bodies are like tools as well. So yeah, it was a great episode. Super awesome. So that was it. So thanks for going on this journey with me. Please subscribe, like the show, tell your friends, comment, do all the things that it takes for people to get in touch with this show so that more people can listen. You know, as you know, there's no ads, so I'm not making money off of it. I just want more people to enjoy the show. So if you know it, if you know someone who likes ghost adventures and likes podcasts, please forward this on. Okay, you're the best. Send me an email at iloveghostadventurespodcast at gmail.com. Follow the show on Twitter at ilovegacpodcast. And thank you so much for being my awesome listeners. I really appreciate you every day, every, every recording, every minute of every day. And I guess I will just talk at you later. All right. Thank you so, so much. Bye-bye.